Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Peddling Fiction Podcast. I'm your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, broadcasting once again from Mexico, suffering through the last the dog days of summer. Is that what they call them? The last couple of days? I guess the dog days are like right in the middle, though, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. the dog days are when it's hot and miserable. Yeah, it's Unless still it's hot and hot. miserable in, in Mexico now. I wouldn't say it's miserable, but it's still pretty goddamn hot. But I think in like the next uh, 10 days or so, we're looking for things to to turn. I was in the, I took a little stroll along the beach the other day in the bay. The water is cooling down a little bit. So we're going to get some whales here pretty soon. It's going to be a a great couple of months. And of course, back with me from the other side of uh, Hillbilly Land, Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell, the one and only. What's up, man? Oh, nothing too much. It's actually been kind of. It, it, we are in that beautiful time of the year here in the Midwest where, yeah, you need to wake up at about four a.m. and close your windows because it's gotten too cold in the house. And then by about ten a.m., it's now hot in the house again. So you need to open the windows. But then by two p.m., you need to close the windows and turn the air conditioning on because it's too fucking hot now. And like we're yeah, it's, the schizophrenic uh, Midwest. My my buddy was telling me it was like 80 degrees the other day, and then it was going to be 50 like the following day. That's every day here. That's the every day here in uh, southern Indiana. It's it's 80. It gets to be about 80 around this time of the day. And then sometime around like 2, 3 a.m., it gets down to about 50. So like we just fluctuate. That's why we have so much dew on the ground, because the temperatures fluctuate so much all yeah. the time. Oh, I prefer the slow, steady, same thing every day. If I want a different temperature, I will seek it out. <laughs> like, I'll go there. Although these fucking flights are getting crazy, man. I'm I'm looking to book stuff around Christmas, and it's just... I know the CPI says, like, 3% inflation. Uh, flights are more than double what they were just a couple of years ago. And that's like before you even pay for luggage or if you pay for us, like none of these things are captured in the CPI. They just give you like the face value of the ticket. And it's like, oh, if you want to bring a bag, <laughs> that'd be another $50. If, would you like a seat on the plane? Would you like to choose a seat? It's like all this shit that used to be included is uh, no longer included. But yeah, you're looking like minimum round trip. It starts at like 700 now uh, to get to and from chicago milwaukee uh depending on the day it could be a thousand it's nuts so um yeah i i don't seek out that kind of weather very often but i will be 
I will be back in the Midwest for Christmas. It looks like our Christmas plans have changed like 50 times now. Um, it was going to be Mexico. Then it was going to be Seattle. Now it's back to where it normally is in Milwaukee. So I'll be there for at least a week or uh, not a week, less than a week, maybe five days <laughs> before I head back here. And uh, say a week's yeah. a long time in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyway, there's a, a lot we uh, we could talk about today. I don't know where to start. I always like it when you I send you the stuff and then you pick the order in which we talk about them. I think the I think we'll go in order of kind of the way uh, things unfolded last week, since that's sort of uh, logically makes sense. Diane Feinstein died. Feinstein, whatever. Uh, did you see all the like the tragedy of her? poor daughters and how they're having to figure out how they're going to divide up her all of her estates and everything with the uh massive mansion in california the 7.2 million dollar home in washington there's another like 70 million in just cash sitting in the bank She's 70 got a six, million yeah Sixty-two, a sixty-two million dollar uh, private jet that they that that she used to travel back and forth from California to from her uh, like twenty million dollar mansion in California to her seven million dollar home in Washington. Man, these it, it it sure does pay to be a public servant, doesn't it? Well, and there were <clears throat> when they were talking about it, there was a uh, like a fact checker or whatever. It was the community notes thing on Twitter on one of the Twitter posts about it that said that her husband had this investment firm and that's where all this money came from. And he had, he had founded the investment firm five years before she went into, went into office. I'm like, yeah, but like, did you actually go look like before she went into office, his investment firm was like middling and doing, doing okay, you know, doing good enough. Yeah. And then after she gets into office, now he becomes a billionaire Right. It's yeah, dude. It's they all say that like, well, this guy has like an investment firm, an investment company, and that that's where he's making all his money. He's like, yeah, but it, it's a team effort. It's like you start the investment firm, I get into fucking politics, I funnel all this money into into your fucking firm. People probably paying for influence, and then also I get to influence the decisions that make or break companies, and I get to insider trade. Well, and he. He before he passed away, he dumped like a metric fuck ton of some big pharma or a big like medical stock right before COVID hit. Like and the and the whole thing went like the whole market took its plunge and went straight to shit. He dumped a massive stock and it it was one of those that never rebounded from the because you know that kind of uh, reset the medical world as well. I mean, yeah. there, there were so many uh wow great resets that came out of covid like so many things societally that will never go back to the way they were um but like that was that was one of like he dumped a massive amount of stock and took i can't remember what it was it was like in the uh in the six figure maybe in this uh in the uh like eight or nine figure range for like how much he made off of dumping that stock. Like it was fucking right. insane. Not even forget about the losses he would have taken had he not known exactly what the government was going to do before uh, the rest of us. Yeah, dude, it's 
I don't even know what to say anymore. It's it's right out in front of our face. We all know what's going on. There are still people that will deny that, you know, this sort of thing exists. Like all of these people just sort of outperform the biggest biggest hedge funds uh, consistently. Nancy Pelosi. Uh, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And they're all just fucking multimillionaires. All of them. How? How? How could this be the system? And how do people, how are there so many people in the country, voters, that, um, first of all, they're probably in debt up to their eyeballs. They have no potential of, of earning anything near this. And they like revere these people. They look up to them. They respect them. And it's like, don't you see, they get mad at like, uh, you know, Bezos or something, all the billionaires that aren't in government because somehow these billionaires um, have stolen from, they got rich off of poor people. I'm not exactly sure how that math works. Um, like stealing money from poor people somehow makes you rich, but they're poor to begin with. So where do they, whatever. Uh, they get mad at these people that actually provide something of value to society. Like how, how great is life now with Amazon? I mean, I don't really have Amazon here and I can tell you, I've, it's like one of the things that I miss about the U S is just being able to like, Oh, what do I need? I need two clicks. Boom. It's here. And they get, they get upset at that. Then these fucking politicians who are just raping the country and the world for billions of dollars all they have to do is give some fucking sing-songy speech and that's it they're revered for for life no matter how much they steal from people no matter how big of a parasite they are it's, it's incredible they're all going to be fucking it, you know and then the the new ones come in like AOC and she's like well i'm not i'm not a fucking billionaire you know i'm not a millionaire it's like yeah but you've only been there for a couple of years have you seen her net worth now no, but I guarantee it was at 10x what it was uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, way, way more than that. Yeah, I think the, I think their her projected net worth currently is in the 50 to 70 million range. God damn she, it, that's sickening. Yeah. That is just sickening that a, a person that ridiculous, that dim of a bulb. But, I mean, she knows that she's really good at playing this game. This fucking game of politics, but God, it's just sickening that somebody that's that worthless, not even worthless, detrimental to society, like you're actively hurting the world and you get rewarded that handsomely for it. Well, and then that just makes it make all the more sense. The selection to replace Diane Feinstein Yes. Newsom fills Feinstein's seat, empty Senate seat with a wealthy black lesbian from Maryland. I, I, I don't know why, but for some reason, I was under the assumption that if you were going to be a senator representing California, that you should actually be from California. But I had the same assumption. I was like, which black lesbian is he going to pull from California? Like, are there not enough black lesbians in California to choose from? Apparently not. <laughs> what did this chick fucking do to get the nod? It, it's really unbelievable. I didn't even know you could do it. I guess you can just name anybody that you want in the world. Yeah, I'm just going to pick this one from Maryland for some reason. 
Um, obviously, he had already committed, like Joe Biden did, for his VP and for uh, his Supreme Court nomination, that it was going to be a black woman. The lesbianness is just the icing on the cake. And uh, it's just so fucking... I, I'm just surprised that none of these picks work out. I mean, you would think if you're just picking somebody based off of their skin color and their sexual proclivities, that that would just work out perfectly. Uh, Chicago, great example. Lori Lightfoot, black lesbian. I knew that was going to work out uh, perfectly. Um, Mala Harris, another stunningly successful VP pick. Uh, not the lesbian thing, but the person of color. And... Yeah, I, I, you know, we haven't really seen much out of the Supreme Court, I guess, but she'll do exactly what you expect. Um, the uh, what's her name, Jean Pierre? Yeah, yeah. An another token, um, another token selection. Probably the best. Yeah, maybe the best, the very best uh, White House press secretary I've ever seen. Um, it's incredible. I. I yeah, the, the fact that you don't even have to be in the, the state that you're representing. Man, if you've read through this, like just looking at her background, it, it makes sense why she was a selection. She started out as a union organizer and then moved to California where she was, again, uh, president of another union, worked on getting uh, raising the minimum wage. She advised on Kamala Harris's campaign. She like everything about her record just and she's currently the president of a pro organization called Emily's List. Uh, like she, she is everything that the left wants. And I don't know. I I wondered I wondered how Newsom would go about making this selection. Like the reason that they've kept Diane Feinstein in that spot for as long as they have, even with her literally knocking on death's door. And uh, what she spent three months in the hospital, didn't she? Like this, earlier this year before, before they wheeled her back least, in looking like a fucking corpse. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it is the just reason they kept The reason they kept her in that seat for as long as they did is because I think the, like the Democrat establishment is concerned that in the next election cycle, San Francisco is going to give them some like another squad member. Like you're going to get another Iona Presley, uh, Jamal Bowman, uh, who we'll get to more later. You know, AOC. Like you're going to get another one of those. You're going to get some like radical super prog, like psychopath, instead of somebody who's going to toe the line of the establishment DNC and just keep things moving along the way they want them to. Uh, so like, I, I feel like that's why they've kept her in that seat for as long as they have. And it's, that's kind of what makes it interesting about this selection is he didn't pick anybody from California. I don't, I don't see how this woman can possibly be eligible to run for reelection for this seat because, and unless they're going to like, I don't, I'm not, I don't know when Diane Feinstein uh, seat would be up for re-election but like uh, it's, maybe she can move back to california before then yeah oh. in 2024 i think um 
Yeah. So they just need to establish residency in California between now and November of next year, and she'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, LaFonza. LaFonza Butler. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like a joke at this point. If you had like if you had told me before asked me before, like Feinstein dies and Gavin Newsom names somebody, like what's their name gonna be? And it would be like one of these like ridiculous names, LaFonza. <laughs> something like that just like super black and um just lesbian she actually looks rather mannish here too is she she's not um trans transitioning or anything considering that this was a a california selection i'm surprised she's not but no uh, i believe uh i you know with all of the bigots, man the, the with trans all of just the... can't get a can't get a fair shake in government with all of the, if you don't have a uterus, you don't get to make decisions about abortion talk. I can't believe that they would let a trans woman be the president of a pro-abortion organization. But then again, I I don't know. Maybe if you're a trans woman, uh, your balls count as a you. I don't know how that works exactly. Yeah, well, she's going to pick up the fight, uh, Newsom said. For everything that Feinstein was, all the freedoms that she was fighting for. So reproductive rights. Um, what else did he say? Like uh, safety from gun violence. And one the other only one. thing Diane Feinstein was fighting for was her checkbook. <laughs> well, it's just like, these are all, and he says like, these are what she was fighting for. And they're all under like the worst assault since, you know, the beginning of, since Feinstein was proud. Like, <laughs> 90 years you know old. it's like well then she didn't do a very good job fighting for these things did she i am gonna miss her because if there was one thing you could count on it was that diane feinstein was gonna do whatever was best for her and her husband and their wealth like she she would actually vote the right way on some bills because like obviously it was stuff that was gonna be bad for her like she would she would 100 vote in the favor of her own interests even to the detriment of the democratic party from time to time so that that was you, kind you of almost fun. have to there's something about it you almost have to respect the fucking hustle you're just like oh, yeah. jesus christ man these people have no shame they will do anything that they want in broad daylight it's they're just so brazen about it now too they don't even try they don't even pretend well, I mean, didn't she and her husband get caught on insider trading stuff like multiple times and nobody ever did anything? She never she never lost her seat. Nothing like. Yeah, mean, they, they, yeah you've got to res you've got to respect just the like if you're going to be a horrible, crooked politician, be Diane Feinstein, be like as horrible, as crooked and just as blatant about it as you get possibly it all can, out there like, in the open. Yeah. yeah, that's again. Remember where we were talking about the dress code? I love them dropping the dress code. I don't like them putting the like dressing themselves up like they're fucking good people. But no, show us who you really lipstick are. on pigs. Yeah, no, I want to see your fucking soul. Uh, yeah, because people people need to really wake up to how bad these people are. Like they don't get it. it it's amazing to me that people still don't understand exactly what this game is. But it's yeah, it it they're like one speech away from winning over you know, millions of people. I don't, I don't know, dude. Diane Feinstein, like, I never really like listened. I mean, I guess maybe because I'm on, I was always on the other side of the country or something. But I never really heard her say anything. 
I just kept hearing her name pop up and like, you'd see a story of like this or that, but she was not like vocal. I didn't see her. She wasn't out there as much. Maybe in her old age, she just, uh, her name was, her name was associated with a lot of stuff, but I don't know that she was ever like the really, um, like the, the, the face of anything like she, I know she co-sponsored a lot of stuff and like, she's been a part of a whole lot of stuff, but I don't know that she's ever been like, the one is uh, really fucking yeah behind the scenes just fucking cleaning up but fucking. uh you know t- talking about uh like how they think they're one speech away we were almost one uh fire alarm pull away from shutting down oh the government <laughs> yeah jesus dude what the fuck is going like that was hilarious. All right, so go ahead and set set the stage for anybody that may have missed the best memes of the week. Okay, so so they're getting ready to go to a vote on, I believe it was on Saturday. Um, it was as they say in a lot of it was the eleventh hour, like the all of the other uh, funding bills that had come through from the House and the Senate had gotten shut down. Um, there were a bunch of Republican holdouts on anything that came through the House that if it had Ukraine, if it had more funding for Ukraine, they were not going to let it go through. And and so that was kind of that was kind of where the tipping point hit. Well, uh, they finally got a bill together that was going to it was going to do. Basically what it needed to and it was going to strip uh ukraine any additional funding to ukraine was going to be stripped out of this budget bill and the democrats were just like all up in arms this was a terrible thing they were doing everything they could to like keep it from going to the floor and then you you get uh you you get new york representative jamal bowman uh proud squad member pulls a fire alarm in the house there's like he's he is on video very clearly no yeah, denying he's so fucking busted you think you just get like a staffer to do it don't you have a fucking what? little bitch lemming that you can just be like go pull the fire alarm for me right pull the pull the fire alarm and what's and and as soon as it happened there were a bunch of uh like republican uh representatives who were posting saying like he pulled his fire alarm to uh to delay the vote like because the democrats had been pushing that the republicans were going down the government going to shut down the government such a terrible thing all these people aren't going to get their paychecks and stuff because uh because the republicans are getting ready to shut down the government and then they put a they put the bill together that the republicans are going to pass so now if it if this one fails and this was like the last ditch effort if this one fails it's because the democrats won't pass it so they now they've got now they've got to like scramble the jets and try to figure out how to uh, because they don't want to end up being the bad guys they're trying to save face here and and not deny this uh, or and not have to vote on it so they don't have to vote it down um it pulls the fire alarm to try to delay the vote and keep it from having or keeping keep it from being able to go to a vote like delay it long enough that it doesn't have time to get to the floor uh and what was fucking crazy about this was within an hour of this half, I was I was following this. I was following along pretty pretty closely on this, uh, just out of nothing else to do the other day. Um, 
within an hour of this happening, the New York Post ran an article where they actually had a staffer, like one of Jamal Bowman's staffers, who admitted that he pulled the fire alarm to delay the vote, that they were trying to buy they were trying to buy time. And then all of this stuff starts going around talking about how this is a felony and he should be in trouble, like he should police should be coming after him and stuff. Then within an hour or two after that, he issues this statement saying that it was a mistake. He didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know that that's what happened if you pulled a fire alarm or some such nonsense. Yeah, and then yes. the <laughs> and the New York Post article uh, went the way of error 404 and doesn't exist anymore. So his his official excuse was he was running late for the vote and he really wanted to get there. But the door was locked. And so pulling the fire alarm was supposed to open the door somehow, or he got it confused with the door. Uh, do we have his fucking, he put out like a, a memo, like an official statement. It's the fucking, it's the dumbest excuse you could I mean, ever, the, you could the, possibly come up with. Here are the, here are the pictures. Like it's very, very yeah. apparent. This is not I, like, there's no humanly possible fucking way that you could think this is, anything other than a fire alarm uh 100 like if you don't know are we just supposed to believe that these politicians are that retarded i mean this guy like, might be but jesus yeah he wants to personally clear up the, some confusion on today's events today i was rushing to make a vote i came to a door that's usually open I'm embarrassed to admit that I activated the fire alarm, mistakenly thinking it would open the door. I, I mean, I don't know. Look at all the signage around the door. Like, and I mean, <laughs> in the video, you can see all of the signage around the door. None of this is like. It's not ambiguous. Or what's going to yeah. happen if you pull that thing? Like you pull that and the fire alarm sound like, yes, maybe the door will open, but the entire building will be evacuated. Because they think it's a fucking fire. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like the dumbest excuse you could possibly. Like, what could you really say, though, when you're caught red-handed pulling a fire alarm? Like, it very clearly says on these big, two big signs on this door. It says, uh, emergency exit only. Push until alarm sounds, and the door will unlock in 30 seconds. Like, <laughs> what did you think was... I don't... Uh, it's... Yeah, they're completely fucking insane. Thing. But then AOC, of course, comes to his defense. Uh, yeah. She says, for what it's worth, Cannon construction reroutes have made the tunnel walks from Cannon to the Capitol much longer than going outside. Entire tunnels are closed, and some offices near construction have disorienting routes. Uh, the New yes, Jersey. It's very confusing. Yeah. Getting around is just, I mean, I'm sure it is very, like, how often do you think she just gets lost? Well, I mean, she was she was in direct threat on January 6th because of, uh, you know, those tunnels that lead to other buildings that they were they were coming for. They were nowhere near the building that she was in, even via the tunnels, but they were coming for. Her. She was in, in fear for her life. So <laughs> apparently these apparently these uh, these tunnels can be very dangerous. Yeah. Dangerous and confusing under construction. I, I, how did everybody else make it into this vote? It's just it's very yeah it's very perplexing i mean i know doors you know it's push pull 
very very complicated stuff so <laughs> oh man but anyway but, they averted oh, go ahead yeah i was gonna say but they succeeded they they got it to yeah. a vote and no shutdown after all crisis averted for the next 45 days so this is the way we're running the government now they have uh let's see yeah so McCarthy apparently struck some deals that he didn't tell Republicans about, or at least that's the accusation, where he promised a bunch of stuff to Democrats, didn't tell the Republicans he did it. So he's um, on the hot seat right now. But let's. So what did we accomplish here? What did we get out of this last second fucking vote? Um, mm -mm. So they got the continuing res resolution, which basically means that they're going to keep doing the exact same thing they've been doing. Spending levels stay the same. Nothing really changes. Um, before November 17th, the House still has to adopt eight appropriation bills for fiscal year 2024. And then reconciliation of the House and Senate versions of the 12 appropriation bills has to take place. Meanwhile, there's still no agreement about the level of total federal, federal spending. Um, border security, additional funding for Ukraine, still unresolved. So... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know exactly, like, I guess we're just going to, they can just keep doing this. They just push it out 45 days, 45 days, 45 days. Yeah, pretty much. Well, And that's, I mean, that's to some extent, that's what they've been doing anyway, was because uh, the way they were supposed to be doing it is they were supposed to be bringing forth their spending bills. Like every month they're supposed to be doing a, a bill where they figure out what's being funded and and it goes through and it gets passed or whatever. But they haven't actually been doing that the way they're supposed to be, which is why, um, like I said, the they still have to uh, do a reconciliation of the 12, well, appro uh, 12 appropriations bills because they haven't actually been, uh, they haven't actually been doing this the way that they're supposed to be doing it anyway. Uh, so like, I, I don't know the whole thing is a fucking farce. Like, at the end of the day, all this really accomplished was they get to say we stood up to funding Ukraine and got that taken out of the spending bill, except that they're still going to fund it. They're still going to fund it like the um, everything. The Pentagon had already announced that in the event of a government shutdown, they would still continue all operations with Ukraine and everything that they're doing to train and send and send uh, weapons and, and military aid. Um, Biden had already issued his memorandum sending 128 million in aid plus another, or uh, yeah, it was, this one was just, excuse me. I think this one was just for 128 million in aid, but, and, and, and that was under the F FAA, a couple different sections of the FAA that allow him to, give the secretary of state the authority to yeah. send foreign aid. And yeah, did we you, did you see that. my breakdown of that? Like I went through, I went through all of yeah. it. Uh, okay. So the two different sections of the FAA that he mentions in one of them, he has to give prior notification before sending this mem uh, before giving the secretary of state, the power to do this. He has to send notification to the speaker of the house. So McCarthy knew well in advance that he was doing this and did literally nothing to stop it. Didn't do anything to stop it. Didn't say anything about it. Nothing. And then the second, 
the second part that was interesting about this uh about the different sections that he that he cites for the authorization to do this is it puts a hard cap at 100 million per fiscal year so this one this one time here last week or a week and a half ago that Biden did this was for 128 million so that's already exceeding the fiscal cap except that this isn't the first time this has happened in fact, if you go back to July of this year, there was one for 122 million with an additional 450 million in uh, military services and assets. And then if you go even further back to uh, it was back in February of this year, there was, I think, in the, somewhere in the in the neighborhood of 600 million in military services and assets. Uh, December, there was one. In August of last year, there was one in, okay, the very first, the very first one of these, there have been seven of these total combined over eight billion, or no, not eight, um, seven of these um, memos issued for the Secretary of State to just send funding to Ukraine in, since Biden took office. Three, over three billion, I think it was like 3.6 or 3.8 billion, anyway, over $3 billion in total funding that's completely bypassed Congress, like all congressional approval out the window. This is just Biden tells, uh, tells what's his face, uh, Merrick Garland, do this, and he does it. The very first one was sent in August of 2021, before the war in Ukraine ever started. August of 2021, they sent $60 million in uh, military services and assets. The second one, was sent on February 25th. So the the invasion, like the Russian invasion started on February 24th. On February 25th, 250 million in foreign aid and another and another 350 million in military assets and services were sent literally the day after it started. And he had 600 million they're, they're just teed up bit to fucking do this. It's it's so goddamn obvious and unbelievable that they can just keep doing like these numbers are insane there's no i did you review the sections that's that give him the authorization to do it and what did what did it say exactly technically there's nothing illegal about what he's doing like he it does give you have to there's there's a lot of text uh this is from the 60s or something when was this yeah, I think that's right. It was like 65 or something. Yeah, the whole thing, it's very long and convoluted. There's there's a whole lot. The um the particular sections that he that he listed that technically this is what he's permitted to do. Uh I don't I don't think this was the original intent, but I it's it, it yeah, it, it's weird. Um technically it's the right thing except yeah. for that like that one clause that or the one part he's exceeded the, the limit that expressly says a hard cap of 100 million dollars per fiscal year yeah, yeah. i don't know if they're, they're, uh, maybe, their caps mean <laughs> maybe they're taking maybe they're taking an inflation into account and saying well you know he said it says 100 million but if you if you actually yeah. take inflation into account that's more like 3 billion so we're good right we, we got to make some cost of living adjustments yeah. <laughs> I mean, at what point are we at, like officially at war with Russia? I mean, like how much more money if we're funding everything? 
We're sending them tanks. We're sending them planes. We're fucking sending them hundreds of billions of dollars. Uh, When are we officially at war? I I can't believe I'm right. I can't believe Russia hasn't like come out and said something or like, you know, officially declared. If I'm a Russian, I'm like, dude, this is bullshit. And maybe you guys are literally fighting this war. Maybe Putin knows something we don't. And they've already got the, the disinformation campaign teed up and they're about to and they're about to propel Trump back into the White House like they did in 2016. You know, the whole. Yeah. Fire up those uh, like fifteen hundred Facebook accounts. Uh huh. We're gonna get the, we're gonna get the social media bots going again. We're gonna we're gonna push Trump back into the White House. God, man, it is it is absolutely insane what's been going on. This is just crazy. It's so fucking crazy that they can get away with this sort of stuff. Donald Trump just had his court date. Um, I went over the the summary judgment from this fucking judge uh, on the solo episode last week. Is that last week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they he just banged the gavel and stole a billion dollar company from somebody, which is fucking insane. Um, but apparently the rest of the merits of the case, I don't, I, I didn't really follow this that closely. I didn't know I, what else is there once you fucking put Trump Enterprises or whatever into receivership. Like, what else is he fighting for? I'm not sure. I, I, I don't. I, I didn't really follow. Uh, so Trump went to court over this yesterday i think it was might might, yeah. might have been yeah um and he came out and said that like everything went well so i don't know what that means exactly they they chose uh his his legal team chose not to pursue a jury trial on this which not that it would have mattered because the, the judge who's presiding over this is on record as having said that if a jury doesn't select it doesn't make a decision correctly, then he'll just overturn them. So like, what's, what's the fucking point of the, like the justice, there is no justice system. It doesn't exist. The the whole thing is a fucking farce. Yeah. Yeah. Pay really close. If you just watch this judge, even just his body language, like he's loving this. He's smiling for the fucking camera. He's, it, it really does just show you how human the elements are in this government apparatus where we like to think that they're like these impartial referees or something. Um, these ridiculous lies that we tell uh, people growing up. And then you get to see, it's like, no, this is just like some fucking jerk off hates Donald Trump wants to uh, get back at him. And yeah. So he's just going to yeah overrule everything. I'm just going to take your company. Uh, just put it into receivership. <laughs> okay. It's it's correct. Like, I don't know how you could possibly have a, a country functioning like this. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. There's the the justice system is supposed to be like this last line of defense to protect people, right? That's one of the big things that people point to when um anarchists are just like, nah, we should get rid of this whole fucking thing. And it's like, no, what about like police and fire and and judges and juries? It's like, well, here you go. Look what look what they can do to you if they want to. I mean, they could do the exact same thing to anybody. They could have done it to Diane Feinstein if they wanted to for insider trading. They could have thrown her in fucking prison for the rest of her life. They just chose not to for for some reason. Shocking. It's it it is just really fucking ridiculous. But I love to see just 
again how blatant it is. Like all we have to do is just point be like, see, this is what we we're talking about. And well, this and is the thing it's that you're entirely defending. it's entirely possible that this the Trump choosing not to go to a jury trial because it would be in New York. Like, what are the odds of him getting a fair jury anyway? Then it just then it just drags the whole thing out. It makes a spectacle of it. Have it go before the judge, and then he can continue to kind of build the brand that he has been <clears throat> he hasn't even been building it that the democrats have been building for him over the last three years of look at these crooked judges who are just coming after me with all of this nonsense with absolutely no recourse and with like uh no apprehension like they're just bringing the most insane bullshit over and over and over again like it it's kind of builds his it kind of builds his uh borderline martyr brand like he they're not going to be able to successfully martyr him they're they're just going to build him up to the point of like almost superhuman with the way that they keep doing this stuff and the the more indictments he gets the more emboldened his base becomes and the more disenfranchised people who are like sitting in the middle become with the left like they start to they keep seeing this and they slowly yeah on some level you have to just be like okay this is clearly a witch hunt and yeah with each new charge they bring it just solidifies that in people's minds where it's just like yep this is this is complete complete like political persecution they're like if he does go to fucking prison he's a political prisoner um, if for whatever reason, I know the, the Supreme court just rejected some, um, some motion that somebody put in front of them to, uh, remove him from the ballot because of the 14th amendment thing. And they're just like, no, that's bullshit. So that was interesting to see. Um, <laughs> just an aside, the Supreme court shot that down like immediately. So that's not going to happen, but it is just absolutely fucking crazy to watch them keep going at him and they're just going to keep coming. And this seems to be the only one that Trump's really worried about. I mean, the it, it's a civil case, but like the, the criminal ones, he doesn't seem too concerned about. And this one is like, well, yeah, they can just fucking take your, take your company from you. Well, that's because with, at least with the, with the other ones, with the criminal ones, they have to actually provide evidence and like bring, you know, bring something against him this one yeah, this one was just the judge like no nope, you overvalued it so yeah um i'm yeah. taking your company what? this one there's no objectivity about it like they can just do whatever the fuck they want and and he's just stuck right. to try to fight it so and i mean you know donald trump ran on like draining the swamp and all this he didn't really do it but he talked about it um he's a washington outsider so like what is the message here that they're sending to the rest of uh potential uh, people running in government that want to change things. Right. If you're it's a millionaire like, or a billionaire and you want to use your own funding to try to to try to stand up to the establishment, we'll just take it. We'll just fucking take yeah. it all. Well, it was ruin your life. Uh, we'll accuse you of like the most heinous fucking crimes ever. Um, we'll steal your company from you. We'll ruin you and your kid, like everything. We'll just crush you. So you better just get in there and be Diane Feinstein. Keep the this is how they keep the thing going. I mean, what what person in their right mind would I, I still can't believe Donald like Donald Trump is just such a pompous, like fucking egomaniac that he had to run for president. 
because he had a fucking great thing going. Nobody hated, nobody really hated Donald Trump except Rosie O'Donnell before he ran for president. Um, he was rich. He was successful. He like, you know, he had a good, a good life going. And then he does this. And it's just like now for the rest of his life, he's going to be at a minimum just fighting these constant battles. It's got to be very frustrating. So everyone's looking at this like, why, what, why on earth would I go into government? And risk all, all this kind of shit. So you're just going to get left with like the scum of the earth getting in there, um, maybe with nothing and leaving with everything. And there's never, yeah, you're never going to be able to change it. Like it, it just seems so irredeemable. You just got to blow the whole thing up figuratively for the fucking <laughs> NSA people listening. Well, uh, Matt Gates is trying to blow the blow the whole thing up from the inside out, at least for uh, at least for the House. And and as far as many Republicans, uh, I would argue most of the really bad ones uh, are concerned for the for the worst, bringing uh, bringing McCarthy up for a vote to uh, to have him formally removed as speaker. Which a lot of this links back to the, the thing we were talking about earlier, like. You know they're supposed to be putting forth the these bills every month, and and they're supposed to have the twelve the twelve bills that they're supposed to be voting on. And McCarthy, that was part of the deal that they made to put in the speaker role was that he was supposed to be spearheading that and bringing that stuff forward. And then he hasn't done that. He's um, now with the you know side deal or backroom deal or whatever you want to call it on the Ukrainian funding. The whole the whole reason that the Republican holdouts were willing to vote in favor of the the continuation bill or whatever was because it didn't have Ukraine funding in it and then it right. they and then they find out a, immediately after the fact that the only reason it didn't have the Ukraine funding in it was because he cut a side deal to make sure and take care of that yeah down the road yeah. for them don't so. worry after we get this passed I'll get the money for Ukraine yeah it's a real fucking sleazy slime ball fucking move um, I, I'd expect nothing less from a politician in Washington, but yeah. So Gates, I think he's probably putting it up to a vote as we speak. It's supposed to be this afternoon, right? I think that's right. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I, I saw Nancy Pelosi was tweeting. She's like, this isn't going to happen. And she's usually kind of right about that. That thing, um, that sort of thing. She kind of knows. She knows when she has control of things going in, in Washington. So she came out and she's like, the house will be in order. This isn't going to do anything. Well, and it's kind of like what we were talking about before the, before the show started, like the opposition to McCarthy being named speaker of the house did not come from Democrats when, you know, when he was originally up for the vote back yeah. in January, it was from Republicans. It was from the Matt Getz coalition. And yeah the opposition to the spending bills was not coming from Democrats. It was coming from the freedom caucus or whatever they call themselves. The, the ones who are standing against the Ukraine funding. And now that's the same thing that's going to happen with, uh, with this vote is at the end of the day, they're not going to have the votes to remove McCarthy because the only people who are opposed to him are are the holdouts. Like Democrats, 
Democrats want him in in this spot. Like he's the he's their guy as much as anything. Like I mean that that which is the which is the biggest problem that everybody had with him. Like or that everybody should have had with him. It, it's kind of like the the Nikki Haley as a as a uh, presidential candidate. Like when MSNBC and CNN and the Atlantic are saying that she's the best candidate on the stage. That's a fucking red flag. When right. the Democrats are all in support of Kevin McCarthy being named the Speaker of the yeah. House, that's a fucking red flag. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason for it, and it's it's not something that that you would like. Right. It's uh, not it's, because it's not because he's some brilliant moderate that's going to be able to come across the aisle and get people to work together. Yeah. It's because he's a fucking plant. He's one of them. Yeah. yeah. He just they, has the they wrong got him letter by the balls. His name. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So. More drama, another crisis averted. <laughs> oh my god! But we get to do it again in about a month, so this will be fun. And uh, there's a couple more crises going on. A lot of a lot of Democrats seem to be getting their comeuppance. We've got the uh, follow-up on the migrant crisis in New York. It seems to be really getting out of control, and we're starting to see people change their tune a little bit on that. You uh, do you have the Kathy? What's what's her Hochul? Ho, how do you say her Hochul. last name? Hochul. 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 I believe it is. Yeah, the new uh, the new governor of New York. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear so, from. Let's hear from Kathy. Bipartisan way, comprehensive immigration form. Where what specifically do you want? Numbers people can come in. Well, we want them to have a limit on who can come across the border. It is too open right now. Uh, people coming from all over the world are finding their way through, simply saying they need asylum. And the majority of them seem to be ending up in the streets of New York. And that is a real problem for New York City. 125,000 newly arrived individuals. And we are being taxed. Now, we are always so proud of the fact that New York has the Statue of Liberty in our harbor. harbor. We, we are mm -hmm. one of the most diverse places on earth because of our welcoming nature and our it's in our DNA to welcome immigrants. But there has to be some limits in place and Congress has to put more controls at the border and not in this budget threat, shutdown right. threat. Talk about eliminating positions for border patrol when we actually need to double or quadruple those numbers. So get back to work and do your job. <laughs> it is, I mean... This is like, this is straight out of the GOP playbook. Like this. If you just, yeah, insane. if we didn't tell you who this was and we just played it, uh, especially for like a Democrat or something, they'd be like, oh, this fucking bigot. It's incredible. Well, go ahead. Do you have that other clip I sent you where it's her talking in 2021? Because that, because that was like a couple days ago, um, what you just heard. There's one, it's like, it's like a side-by-side. -side. Let me see. It's just, I sent it to you right after that one. Oh, I'll have to go look again. Um, no, I've got another one that was somebody else. Uh, another one of the uh, the left-wing talking heads talking about how much they, how much they need to secure the border and everything else. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, you're seeing a bunch of them that are just like, they have been very, very quickly kind of changing their tune here we go all right i got this i got the second one just a second let me pull it back up yeah this is great so this is what she was saying just just two years ago 
as you know, the Statue of Liberty is inscribed. It says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled young masses yearning to be free, the wretched refuse to a teeming shore. And that statement encapsulizes our values. We want people to come here, despite where they came from or despite the circumstances that drove them to this country and to this, and to this state. We see, say you are welcome here. You're welcome with open arms and we'll work to keep you safe. We'll not only house you, but we'll protect you. So our message to the world is send us your people, send us those who need the, uh, the cloak of comfort that we can demonstrate as New Yorkers with big hearts and open arms. And we'll provide a safe haven. We have to let the word out that when you come to New York, you're not going to have more hotel rooms. We don't have capacity. So we have to also message properly that we're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. But the smarter thing is to apply for asylum before you leave your country. Who I, I don't know. Who could have seen this problem coming? Isn't it just delicious to hear, oh, we'll take everybody. Send them over. Give us your people. We're so good. I'm such a like a, you know, I get these cheap virtue signaling points being all the way up in New York, you know. She never thought in a million years they'd just be sending box loads of people over there, hundreds of thousands of them. And and then they call their fucking blob, be like, okay, yes, for it. Here you go. Go ahead. Go ahead and govern now with your open border type policy. We're a sanctuary city. And they're like, there's video of these people. They're like sleeping in the streets. She can't house them. They're going to, it's going to cost them a billion dollars, I think, this year to put them up in hotels and things like that. And there's there's no plan. Again, it's like all of their fucking sing-songy policies. There's no plan. It just sounds really good to say it. And they like to hear themselves say it, and they like to hear the crowd cheer. Uh, they have they can't think who move. It's like they're playing checkers or something. And well, the rest of the world big, is playing chess. Like, we can see the fucking report. checkmate. huh? Oh, there was a big report that came out earlier in the year talking about like all these people in the streets and everything and, and her talking about like we don't have the hotel space and stuff. There was a big report that came out earlier in the year about a lot of the like restaurants and other businesses around these hotels and areas where they have been keeping all these people because they don't have anywhere for them to go. Like they don't have anything for them to do. So so they're all just hanging out in the lobbies of these big hotels and hanging out in the streets all over the place and just like sleeping in the streets and doing all of the horrible things that they do just in the streets. And a lot of these businesses around the area, because of this constant just presence of all of these migrants doing nothing is people have stopped going to those restaurants. They've stopped frequenting those businesses. The, a lot of these uh, like restaurants are having to cut staff or close entirely. Like it's, it is completely destroying huge sections of of their economy there all around the city because they just have these people and the more they're piling them in the less likely the actual like you know wealthy business people who spend money and and kind of drive that the the ones that the New York economy are reliant on it's driving them away from doing business in these areas so like it's it's hurting them it's hurting everything like it's not just it's not just the hotels but it's like it's bleeding out into everything else right and it's just incredible to watch like they they still don't learn their lesson like yes new york is like okay we fucked this up uh we'd like to you know, we'd like you to stop doing it now right before we went on i saw a tweet from ilan omar 
saying, hey, good news, everybody. Um, every illegal immigrant in Minnesota can now get a driver's license. <laughs> so this will make it like safer to drive and they can participate in society. Blah. blah. I was like, all right, let's uh, reroute some buses. Send them over there. Well, driver's there, license. there was a report not that long ago about I want to say it was in Queens or somewhere in New York about all these illegals that were driving unregistered cars and just crashing into everything. And so like they're, they're making it, um, they're making it where insurance companies won't cover people because like, there's no way to, there's no way to account for the, for the risk. And like, it, yeah, I mean, that's a great yeah. idea. Let's just give, let's just yeah. give them all a driver's license. So, yeah, now they can, I'm sure they can vote with that. Um, oh, definitely. They everything they want. Uh, so, yeah, Minnesota is asking for the same treatment. I'd say we start sending some buses up, up there. Minneapolis. That winter. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, yeah, I, I know, still know a couple people that live in, in Minneapolis and it's been like super fucking dangerous. Uh, one friend of mine has to literally has to get, um, escorts to go from her office to get lunch, like down the fucking street. Like she gets like a security fucking escort. Okay. Yeah. I just can't Uh, imagine living in a place like that. Like, yeah, no, I I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I don't know why anybody is still in any of these cities. It's, I can't imagine a clearer signal for you to leave than what's been going on in, in New York, Chicago, Minneapolis, uh, LA. It's just like San Francisco. It It's like the biggest flashing red sign saying like, dude, this is, this is going down fast. Get the hell out of here. Like I said, they have no plan. They're, they're, everything they do is uh, like how to destroy a city in five easy steps or something like that. And they just keep doubling down on shit until, until like, in New York, they reach their limit and they've okay. Now we've we we fucked up. Please stop. And it's like, nope, you can't you can't stop it now. There's no fixing this anymore. Well, I mean, you want you want to talk about like kind of I don't want to say getting their comeuppance, but kind of seeing yes. the whole the uh, the whole thing turn itself on its head and and this really work out in the story. Yeah, this is <laughs> Philadelphia journalist crazy. who mocked concern over violent crime in Democrat cities. <laughs> shot dead in home this yeah so i saw this headline and then i saw like a bunch of people posting about it on twitter and it was yeah so his name's josh kruger never heard of this guy he was shot seven times by somebody that just walked into his house it might be like a disgruntled business partner or something but he also had like uh crack or something like he's also like into drugs so you never really know but yeah if you scroll down, I think it has some of the tweets that he was like, all these things that people have been worrying about. Yeah. So Scott Adams said, if Biden is elected, there's a good chance you'll be dead within a year. And then he responds to this. I don't think it was direct. Like that was just a general tweet that wasn't directed towards anybody. And then he's like, this Dilbert dude is like Nostradamus. Look at his prediction from 2020. Wow. Eerie. And then like two days later, he's fucking shot dead. So amazing. One day, one day later. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, look at yeah, lawless land of liberals in Philly where shootings are dropping to levels not seen in years. Yeah. Okay, guy. Are, are uh, they what? are they rejiggering the way they define shootings? Because I'm 
pretty sure that's objectively false. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, if it's weird, because if you're talking about like, if you're trying to use the statistics to get rid of people's Second Amendment rights, then shootings are at all time highs. Uh, if you're blaming um, misguided, super uber liberal policies, well, then they're at, they're dropping to levels not seen in years. And that and then nice how that works out. Uh, some idiot just said you're more likely to get shot and killed than die of COVID in Philly. <laughs> These are some of the tweets. Like, dude, be careful what you fucking put out there in the universe. Uh, this is, yeah. He's got like five or six tweets where he's just like, oh, yeah, it's not that bad. Um, it's okay to punch Nazis. Yeah, that's just crazy, though. Or you go like, I don't know, man, just looking a gift horse in the mouth. Like, just why would you, first of all, why would you defend anything resembling Philadelphia? <laughs> yeah, he, he defended drug addicts. He defended violence. Um, if it's a choice between people being able, like having to steal in order to feed them. So, you know, it's always like the loaf of bread kind of thing. It's like, then absolutely. Yeah. They should be able to do that. If, you know, drug, he was a drug addict too. So I think he struggled with addiction. So he kind of had like a soft spot for crackheads, uh, robbing people. And, uh, it sounds yeah. like he ended up with seven soft spots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, comeuppance. I just, this is the, this just seems like the end game for all of these policies. I, I don't see another, like another route where it's like somehow this is all going to work out well. Right, this, this is what all of these, you know, progressive policies breed is uh, lawlessness and total chaos. And there's no like, and yeah. And then nobody will do anything about it. And, right. and also it's there. They have, disincentivized the cops to actually do their job not that they are generally good at doing their job but in some rare instances they actually you know do serve yeah, a it's more purpose. right it's more of like a, a mindset kind of thing there was a there, there was another politician that just got carjacked in dc too i don't know if you saw that one i forget the guy's name it's like but would you a, rather have a little bit of pro police brutality or just random people getting carjacked and and killed every day well it's like even if they haven't i mean they talk about defunding the police like even if they didn't do that once you put it in the minds of people that there are going to be no repercussions uh and there's like almost no way that they can stop any of these things from happening there there used to be like kind of a fear that if you committed a crime you would get caught doing it and now it's like just obvious that they're not going to catch you and you can get away with everything and you'll probably even get a sympathetic um, judge or prosecutor or something like that. Well, and, and the unfortunate thing is without without returning to or going to some sort of like full blown authoritarian state type of a situation, there's no putting this genie back in the bottle. Right. Yeah. Like you have to go. It, it's like a pendulum swinging really far one way. And the only way to get it to go back is like, all right, so now like. Uh, if you if you're gonna loot, we're gonna fucking shoot. Like we're going to just start fucking shooting you. Um, I don't know how you reverse that other than like giving people a really harsh dose of reality. Because now you've completely changed their mindset. You've let them get away with literal murder. 
uh, massive destruction for a couple of years, and they're just running fucking wild. So how do you change that without being, you know, very harsh in the opposite direction? It's just like anything else. Like you gotta, sometimes you need a really good smack upside the head to, uh, to learn the lesson. And a cat on the head is not going to do it at this point. But yeah. So Josh Kruger got his comeuppance. Um, I know we shouldn't be laughing at somebody that dies, but that's I the, just, what did you like, think was going to happen? Yeah, like I hate to say I, I feel, told you so. Right, I feel bad to laugh about it, but at the same time, it's like, dude, like you were championing all of this stuff and underplaying, I mean, downplaying the danger and violence that is Philadelphia. Uh, like, are you fucking dumb? I've, I lived there for a year and I never went anywhere without a gun. Fuck that. Yeah. It well, it's kind of like the same thing with those people that were bragging about getting like vaxxed and boosted. And then they died like six months later where it's just like, all right, like, I'm not happy that this person died, but it also just validates every argument that I've been like, I've been trying to save these people from themselves and nobody's listening. In fact, they're trying to get me to stop talking. And, and then it happened. And I'm just like, dude, yeah, what I told you. So I'm sorry. Uh, this was a really bad idea. And I tried before you died, I tried to tell you this and you didn't want to listen. So it's hard for me to, sympathetic to somebody with just that level of awful ideas i don't know anyway <laughs> there's yeah there's a lot of comeuppance coming i think for um for everybody unfortunately uh, between the migrant crisis the homeless problem in all the big cities in california all of these big cities and their massive crime problems which are not getting any better when you have also homeless problems and huge illegal immigrant problems like yeah it's and then yeah and then just at the federal level just like massive amounts of debt spending out of like nobody's taking any of this stuff seriously inflation's going crazy like the the yield on some of these treasuries is going to be like eight eight nine percent pretty soon on a 10-year like it's yeah I, I, there's just no way out of the like they, they've they've been kicking this can down the road my entire life and at some point it, you know it, it, it's like so cliche but it's like eventually you are going to run out of road and i don't see a lot of road left there's just sometimes you 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 end up at that point where it's just like it's impossible for anything else to happen except the inevitable checkmate that we've been talking about for a really long time and while they're like i said they're playing checker like moving one, oh like i, I move like one spot on the board and everything looks great and we're thinking like 20 moves ahead and being like yeah no this this is going to end really badly for you and they're just like hopping along the board not able to see what's what's coming and god damn i hope uh i hope people have been preparing for this because it's it's kind of like a multi-pronged attack there's you're, you're going to be taking it from all kinds of angles but uh anyway yeah i guess we got to wrap on that huh we got we got some uh got covid else? death stats to update on friday that'll that, okay. i think that'll yeah, be yeah 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 i think that'll be good for the live stream on friday yeah yeah. Oh, and then, yeah. Okay. 
and then we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, McCarthy as speaker. And I'm sure there'll be a couple of other stories that pop up for the Friday live episode. So uh, stay tuned for that. You got anything else coming up? Uh, so we were supposed to do it last week and, and it didn't work out. Uh, end of the month work stuff for Jim prevented us from doing the live stream. Uh, so tomorrow I'll be live with our good friend Jim McGill. Uh, we'll do that at 8 p.m. Central. We're going to be talking about uh, the men's rights movement and the unpopularity of that because you can't do anything that's uh, that's actually positive and when talking about men. So, so tomorrow night. Men are the worst. But toxic masculinity. All right. Well, uh, stay tuned for that. Follow us on Twitter. You can become a supporting listener of this show. I'll link to that in the description. And I think Friday we'll probably try to do a uh, happy hour. So that gets you into that. Until then, guys, you know what to do. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. <laughs>